Church and the Drugs. This is Jed. Um, today it's going to be a little different. I'm sure um, many of you know, and if you don't know, that Chris, one of the hosts of Dopey, um, kind of our sister podcast, has passed away and um, he lost his fight with addiction. And so I brought Dave on this episode to kind of talk about that and we kind of process it. And then I got some people to send in emails and voice memos, um, just kind of remembering Chris and saying everything that he, Dave, and Dopey kind of meant to them. So uh, this episode definitely goes out to Chris and his family, and we are keeping y'all in our prayers, and we just ask that y'all do the same. Um, So yeah. What's up, congregation? This is Scott Countryman, and I am recording my thoughts on Chris's death and how it's affected me. Um, really, it's it's hard to put into words what he really meant to me. I think the basis of it is that when I found Dopey, I was living in a halfway house and I was coming off major surgery where I had had six or seven months in recovery and then I had to have this surgery and as a result of that surgery I had to take opiates um so I checked into the halfway house uh 
so somebody else could administer the medication and they can kind of watch where where and what I was doing. Uh, it was at this time that I was high as hell on Roxy 30s and it was kind of the best of both worlds where I was in recovery but allowed to get high and I knew it was a limited amount of time and I was just trying to keep the train on the tracks. Uh, it was also around this time that I had gotten out of prison so I really hadn't formed any relationships with guys or girls but really just friends in general i was having a really hard time doing that and when i emailed chris about the show he emailed me back immediately and then we started to talk and text and really hit it off with a bunch of the mutual interests that we had and as i grew and developed and my recovery changed and you know, the show changed, we got older and, you know, we grew together and I really felt this connection to Chris and to the show. And yeah, it's just a dumb podcast, but it was more than that to me. It was part of my recovery. It was part of every Saturday or Sunday morning. I knew when the show came out and I would open the restaurant and I would either have it in my headphones or have it playing in the restaurant and the guys around me liked it. I loved it. And I just started to become, you know, active in the community and the dopey nation. And it was through this that I was able to meet a lot of cool people and have meaningful connections. At least they were meaningful to me. And I always saw Chris as this kind of, beacon of recovery that yeah he was a gutter junkie like myself but that we could and can recover so to see him take such you know a big dive down is shitty the only thing I can think of good that can come out of it is that we learn from it and say you know, if you are going to relapse and you're playing with fire like that, you just, you can't do heroin. Heroin's not heroin anymore. And that's the only lesson that I can personally take away from it, that if I want to go out and drink and do coke or use or whatever, you know, you can do that. But I'm not saying you should, but you just can't do heroin and opiates anymore. It's not the same drug. There's not green monsters floating around anymore. You know, it's, it's fentanyl and it's the death and and change of, uh, of our times or evolution, whatever you want to call it. But I'm trying not to make this too long, but thank you guys, Jed. Uh, I feel the same way about, about you, how we're able to talk and communicate and text and uh, be a part of my sober network or whatever you want to call it. But these small online relationships are important. They're important to me and they're important in my recovery. And I like to think that 
other people feel the same way. And if they do, great. If they don't, then it, it doesn't matter. It's about uh, what helps me and keeps me sober. So I really don't care what, uh, what anybody else thinks about it. I love you guys. Stay safe out there and just don't die. Hey, what up, congregation and the uh, Dopey Nation? If you're listening, this is the best. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, give a brief blurb on, you know, what what Chris meant to me and, um, and just, I guess, my thoughts on um, his passing. Um, yeah, but it's just it really uh, strikes close to home for me. Uh, being in a doctoral program of psychology, you know, being an IV heroin, cocaine addict, and it—it it just was—it was just really a crushing blow. Um, very unexpected, you know. I didn't know Chris that well. I talked to him once um, uh, for about an hour and a half. You know, Chet gave me his number because I was struggling, trying to manage twelve-step stuff and school at the same time, and. Um, and it was, you know, it was really nice, you know, he, you know, I could tell he's just a very caring person, you know, um, very open. Um, and he understood, he understood exactly what I was going through and he helped me out a lot. And, um, I feel like I know him just so much from listening to Dopey. Um, and, you know, we have a very similar way of conceptualizing, thinking about things. And it's just really sad, you know, I, I feel like part of it is it's so hard in academic settings, especially in psychology, um, to have this really meaningful spiritual program because it's so not enforced in those environments. And you start to feel very isolated. Um, And I'm sure there was a lot of doubt uh, up in there too with him thinking about other ways that sobriety works. and it's just, it's really sad. Um, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I think that it's just such a devastating loss to, you know, his family, his recovery community, um, and really psychological and medical community as well. You know, people like us that get put in these positions, it's a very rare thing. And we can create things that are so beautiful from, the experiences that we've had that could be transmitted to others. This is clear and you know, how many people get so much out of the dopey podcast and how much that could have, you know, exploded forward with, you know, being a, a psychologist for Chris. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very saddened by this loss. I could only imagine what days I'm Chris's girlfriends, family, and friends uh, are going through. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you're anything like us and intellectualize and rationalize your way into a bag of dope or a drink, you know, please just talk, you know, talk to your homies, talk to your sponsor, talk to your friends, man, get real. You know what I mean? I think a lot of this stuff starts with dishonesty and really tricking ourselves into thinking that we're actually working the steps, you know, um, you know, it talks about in some of our literature that alcohol is a cell phone, you know, sly, clever, difficult to detect. 
Um, so it's just so important to continue to speak with other people about the bullshit that's going on um, in our minds. Because, man, we can spin some yarn and make it really sound true. You know, to justify shooting dope, uh, you have to be really, really, really good at lying to yourself. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, if something feels off in you. Just please talk about it. Um, get help. I'm so sick of this shit. Um, I'm so sick of these numbers going up because these numbers have faces and families and friends. And um, it's very sad. I'm very sad by this. So stay vigilant. Um, stay focused. Man, stay connected to God. There's a better life for us. Uh, take care. Congregation, Delphi Nation. Take care. God knows you're on my mind I can't try to tell him otherwise God knows it's only time For I break the chain in my eyes Fear keeps you hiding at night when the creatures play ball outside Chances are slim we are right But I'd never think it any otherwise So we'll find the answers in time When the bodies pile up sky high and I'll sail the ship towards the sky But I'll end all alone on the other side And if you could pull that rope just a little higher We would dangle alone like a firefly So Jimmy, I've heard the voice of God all right. Yeah, we're rolling. Um, that always happens. We'll be rolling, and then I'll just press record, and then it's like solid crickets. Well, yeah. You just need to have devices that that you know. It's weird. This whole thing. This is whole so weird. thing is weird. This. All right. If nothing else, um, this whole situation has just like enlightened me on the oddness of just this whole thing and i don't know would you call it like the entertainment business or what the hell would you even like say or this is even like a smaller fraction of that well it's i just i think the, the the implication of the entertainment business is that you make up money <laughs> that there's, a, there's a living to be made and like True. that certainly but we is make, not but the we case. make but it's like um it's like creative dividends i mean like you know what i'm saying it's like we get we get paid in um, fan response and just like satisfaction, satisfaction, yeah. Like not to mention the spiritual dollars for the sure. Boku spiritual money, um, Which, and we've made, and we've had a little bit of money. I mean, like like on Dopey, we had I don't know. I think we had four sponsors or five sponsors, and and like we got a couple grand so far in three years. We made like I think we probably made twenty five hundred dollars, which I think Chris spent uh, at least. 
500 on drugs in this relapse and I spent and I took 400 but I also spent like 600 on hats like it's like we haven't really we haven't made any money we've yeah, definitely yeah, we've definitely even. not made I don't think we broke even I think we definitely lost money on it definitely so that's why I have to say that we're not in the entertainment business Uh-oh. we're entertaining ourselves yeah. and we entertain a few a few you know nice fans out there but I would say overall I don't think you could call it that I don't know. All I can see is your mouth too. So this is a funny. Oh, it's just, yeah, sorry. there we go. It's, I don't even see it's myself. Very, it's it's very Muppet like. Um, right. No. I, yeah. I don't know. Like. Um, I fix that. Yeah. There we go. I love your fucking microphone. I think I'm gonna have to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a cheap. I mean, the boom arm was like I don't know, like ten bucks off of eBay, or Amazon. Damn, we got some fancy posters. You got a you got a real studio vibe going on there. No, now. this is my parents' kitchen. Here. Oh wow! This is this is a middle class Jewish kitchen for you. <laughs> That's nice. It's very nice. That's how New York City middle class New York City Jews do it. <laughs> welcome yeah. to welcome. Yeah. That's where this is where this is where we did. I would say eighty percent, maybe sixty five percent of dopey we did in this room. Does it still feel weird being solo? No, it's, uh, well, I, I mean, because it's your father's kitchen, so it's not as it's not yeah. as like specific to uh, Dopey. Last night I felt weird. You know, last night I felt weird and I felt uh, scared and I felt hmm. sad and I felt angry and I felt very much befuddled because um because uh. You know, I think I was on the phone with you and I was telling you I felt very much like a dog waiting to eat. It was Friday when we, it was the Friday in the month that we do Dopey. We had planned on doing it this weekend. I was at work. Uh, it was getting towards the time that we would do it. And I knew Chris was dead, you know. Uh, and I still had to go home to record Dopey. And part of me, was excited to do it because I thought maybe Chris would show up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, totally. Well, even even when you just said Chris is dead, it was like I I just flashed back to talking to y'all both. And yeah, it's just it's yeah. Death is a weird thing. Unexpected death, I guess is a just a weird weird thing. Shockingly unexpected death. Yeah. Sudden shockingly unexpected death that is so unexpected and shocking that I I literally didn't believe it. Literally, I didn't believe it when his girlfriend, Annie, told me he was dead. I, I like I told my my wife, fiance, whatever, partner, mother of my children, I she said we were walk, we were going out for a walk with our baby and she said she could hear me that somebody had died and she said who died and i like put my hand up and i went you no, know like nobody no, died yeah nobody. nobody died and then she and then and then she said well who is that and i said it's annie and she said did chris die and i said no i said chris didn't die and then um and annie's like telling me like that he's dead and i was like i'm just like she's crazy she's how, crazy how did she sound when she was i mean was she like in shock so i yeah, guess she, i guess real real quick before we go further um so chris and dave do dopey and uh who we've had on here before talk about them 
often, um, and Chris just overdosed and died recently. Yeah, today's today's <laughs> Saturday, and he died on Tuesday. And uh, and we recorded our last dopey episode together a week ago, a week ago, like in an hour and two hours a week ago on Skype. Uh, my it, um. After I told my mom, she went, because uh, my mom's like your dad, like your dad's the biggest Dopey fan, like my mom's the biggest um, Church and Other Drugs fan, and she loves Dopey too, and she went and listened, and so we kind of talked about it, and she was like, man, yeah, I can I can um, totally hear it, because she would remember um, talking to me, especially how opiates like will drop your voice, that's, yes. that's such an ominous thing too, like, Yeah, because it's like, it's like so characteristic of like it, it literally changing it's changing you into a different person like yeah it's amazing it's like uh it drops your voice an octave you know or something and it slows you down and you don't give a fuck no you know that's the most of irritation too it's like yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and you're checked out and you're not you and it's like it's funny because like i was on heroin for you know like 12 years and that was my voice for 12 years. Right. You know what I mean? And then when I got my actual voice back, if I ever saw anything or heard anything with me high, it was just so obvious. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like a ton of listeners heard that episode and they were like, Chris is fucking high. And, and I'm staring at him and it didn't occur to me because he gave me six million reasons why he wasn't high. You know, like, well, and what you know, and I, I, I paralleled it to there's like there are a ton of reasons why because like I said also I, I just had a, a sponsee also named Chris overdose and die, a former sponsee this same week. Um and Daniel from Released into Captivity had texted me and that's how I found out and he said Chris died and I was like, What do you how do you know that? You don't know this, Chris and I was like, Wait a minute, what? No. Um What did you think when you heard it? I didn't believe it. That's what I immediately thought um, so I was at the, my psychiatrist office the day I was getting back on medicine, waiting, whatever, just a normal day. And Daniel texted me and he's like, Chris died, question mark, question mark. And I was like, well, yeah, but you don't know Chris. And then I was like, wait, we do know a mutual Chris. And I was like, no fucking way. So I went on Facebook and I did, I, I checked Dopey and I checked yours and I didn't see anything. I was like, oh, sweet. And then I, um, found a po the post his sister made and I was like, what? And so my first, you know, hope was like, damn, did he get in a car wreck or did he, you know, but then when, when you get the lost, the battle to addiction, I was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. And that's when I texted you. It's just like, I, you know, Chris was, uh, one of my best friends. He was definitely, you know, he was, he was my partner in this thing that, and, and we were all about this thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we were all about dopey, like, and it wasn't like we were about it like it was successful. We were about it like we loved it. Yeah. You know, we and we loved it because, like, and Chris was like, it only worked because we were both so about it. Like he would come to Manhattan, basically once a month from Boston or Great Barrington. We would get a bunch of food. We would get a bunch of fucking chocolate and cookies. And we would fucking hang out and we would laugh and we would 
it's like it was our project and we and it was our project together and we did it and we loved it and we and it's like you create every little stupid thing in the show like you know smi or like fucking like a stupid intro or like or like a bad review or whatever it is yeah. it becomes a living piece of the show or the quest to get Artie lang or, right. or whatever yeah. i mean you know, you, it was like you made a meme basically well and it's like as that's that type of shit like do you really like what do you think your sobriety would even even look like without it it's like i feel like we're kind of cut from the creative cloth where i need some sort of purpose um yeah it, it's such a good outlet like it's interesting like um i i mean i still like draw and paint or whatever but since I started doing this, it's just something else that I've noticed that I can just pour creative energy into. I don't know. It's just one more thing. It's funny. It's like, uh, for me, I'm always like that. Like I'm ADD. I'm like always needing to change the channels. If I get bored of something, I need to do something else. And like with dopey, it was like with my life when we started doing dopey, I was still playing in a band and I had a, a line of T-shirts out that said Oy Vey on them. Solid and I was work- shirts, by the way, I, solid and shirts. I, and I was working on my cookies, you know, my, my black and white and every bite cookies. And Chris was like, we should do something. And I was like, all right, let's do a podcast. And, and Dopey would get like 20 listens or something. And I'd be like, all right, back to the band. And yeah. now, back, now back to my T-shirts, you know. And then it'd be like, Dopey's doing something. I'd be like, all right. And then Dopey like, and then I, I like moved in with my uh, with my family, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, it's like I can't do the band anymore, but we keep Dopey going, and like Dopey was like surviving all the changes in my life, and because we didn't give it up, you know what I mean? Like it just we kept doing it, and it kept growing, and people really liked it, and it never grew, and we would like, you know, we when we got the guy from House of Pain. I was like, yeah. we're doing something, or like we got <laughs> we got that the Levine, whatever his name is, the Noah. Noah Levine. It was like we're doing something, and it was like we and Brandon Novak and whoever you know. It was like we were yeah, doing. Yeah, which you uh, totally jocked off of us. Thank you very much. You remember that? You Tell were me. like, I, you you were uh, you saw that I tweeted at him, and all right, this is, so I tweeted at Brandon Novak, and then I saw that y'all were having him on, and I texted you, and you're like. Yeah, I saw that you tweeted him, so I wanted to make sure we got him first. Nice. Yeah. I'm a fucking bastard. That's that's the you know, if I was a little bit anti Semitic, I would say that's the Jew in me. But I'm not anti Semitic <laughs> at all, so I didn't say that. But I I'm like competitive like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I'm well, and, and early on, I mean that's the other thing is like and I don't even know, you know, a lot of stuff is made up in my own mind, so how reciprocal it was, who knows, but um you know, y'all were like our, you know, podcast buddies, brother podcast, whatever the fuck. I don't well, know. We, it's all, like, we, we always were. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, we all, well, you wrote us this letter with that amazing story about working in the hotel. Yeah. And, and you were like, you were like, listen, I had this idea, but it looks like you guys did the podcast first. Totally. And then I was like, I was like, go do it anyway. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. and then, and then you came out like we had been going for like, Almost a year, I think, when you guys had come out anyway. It was like right out a year, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like so 60 like, episodes or something. But, you know, I always, you know, I was just such a fame whore that I always wanted to touch, like, 
a famous person on Dopey because it would give Dopey credibility. Yeah, I mean, it would make it would make us credible if we had famous people on. Um, but you know, the joy of growing it with Chris, the joy of um, being friends. You know, like me and Chris met each other in rehab, but and we were friends. You know what I mean? But we yeah. weren't like life partners fucking making this thing and like dopey was very intense you know obviously we weren't life partners that was a joke we were partners in in you heard it here first folks no i'm like in a very 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 uh, (laughs) i know dude come on nice relationship was he but we were very much like we loved each other and we loved what we made and like and we were like we were joined at the hip. I know that like my wife was super jealous of the fact that I would be texting Chris all day and he would be texting me all day. And like, and that, and that dopey was a huge piece of the month Yeah, that I wasn't going to be home at X, Y, and Z because I was going to be with Chris because this had to happen Yeah, because we had to do it. You know, I, I think that was a big part of the, what, um, and I know for Debesh too, a part of the, what, what fucked me up so bad about it was it was like, and that's what I, um, I broke down about it at, at my, my men's book study or whatever. And it was just like, it was like, man, we were, it was one of those, I, I like the thought to worry about y'all sobriety wasn't even on my mind. And it was like, we're in this together. Like we're around the same, like I'm about to have four years, uh, in September, we're, we were both being, I'm a counselor. He was going to be a counselor. It's like, we're both doing podcasts. Yeah, cool. Like, I don't have to worry about y'all. It was just like, it was a given. It was an understood, you know, and it's just like, yeah, fuck. Well, I, I feel like, um, I didn't worry about it at all. You know what I mean? And yeah. here he, and he was using, you know, and, uh, and I, I was ta- I've been talking to his friends, you know, and all of, that's the other thing. Like, my friends, you know, my friends aren't really addicts, and my friends, there's like some kind of horrible murder outside right now. I hear let's, that. New York City, baby. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, let's let the murder pass by. <laughs> um, but like my friends, for the I most was li- part. Sorry, I was listening to the episode earlier, and I slowed down because I heard the sirens. They happened again. I think I was listening in my car the last episode with Annie. I was driving on the interstate home today, and there's a siren during part of it, and I... I slowed down in my car because I thought a cop was behind me. That's always a classic. The classic is like all the people who are high listening to Dopey and they hear the cops. It happens all that. We we get emails about that all the time. You know, so many people. There's so many people who are just high and listening to Dopey, Um, but which we liked. You know, that was in the beginning. That was like we didn't know that it was going to be a recovery show. I just Mm. wanted to have a funny podcast. Sure. You know, it just it just as soon as we did the first one. It was like we had to be a recovery show because, like, how could we tell drug stories without mentioning that we were sober? And without, I mean, we were both working so hard to be sober. Like, we were both going to meetings every day. He had sponsees. I was like three months clean when we started, you know, like four months clean when we started. You know, I'm coming up on three years now. And for me, a big piece of my sobriety and my recovery was in Dopey. But um, talking to his friends, I've never been as happy as I am now. Like, I don't, I don't think any time in my life. Like, I have two kids who I love. My, I have my older kid, like, like, she's just the greatest. My younger kid is, like, nine weeks old. So she's like a cat. 
but she's cute. So, so the jury's <laughs> out on that one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, sure. we'll, see, we'll see how we'll that see how it goes. Out. But I love her. She smiles. She's and like she's, a you cat. Know, but but the older one is like the fucking greatest person. I just me and her are so tight. And then me and her mom, like we're so good. Like we're we're totally like best friends, and we 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 take care of our family. And 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 like my job is opening up in different ways. Like things are happening. Like and Dopey's getting bigger. Like there's just we bought a house. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. Like our fucking life is my life is so much better than it was when we started the show it was when we started the show yeah, i was well, and, and like we've everyone it's like I, I can tell you all the beats of what that that's the the great thing about uh podcasting is in a sense it it or this style or whatever um is in a sense it's a broadcasted journal a documentation of someone's life like i remember hearing about everything you're talking about and when you're going through it and i think that's why um this isn't some, you know, to the listeners, this isn't some fucking celebrity death where they're like, oh, I really loved his music. It's like, no, you, it's, they're the third audience. They're the third person in the room where, like, they've literally been going through everything we've been going through with us. Everything we talk about, they go through as well. And so it's, like, really uniquely intimate. Can you believe the the response to his death oh like, it's, it's i mean i can but i can't but yeah it's it's i mean huge. it's but it's like like it, it's it's also it, very it, much it's like every person that we ever heard from in this it's like people popped up in the three years mm-hmm. and then they we never heard from them again yeah you know what i mean and now he's dead and every person we ever heard from in the three years knows and they care plus you know another 300 people that we had never heard from and it's like it's like if chris and i it's like i said this to you yesterday it's like we do the show and we see numbers and it's, it might as well be somebody in bangladesh pushing a button like right. you know so but do you, do you think it would have been different if you like well i don't want to say say that at risk of any sort of guilt but like it's almost like it sucks that this is what it took to put actual faces to the names or no, no. I, I, for me, for me, like the other thing about it with, with dopey and, and it's, it's a great thing. You know, dopey was about me and Chris sitting in, in my kitchen or my living room or his parents house in the Hamptons and us, you know, getting through an hour together. That's what mm-hmm. dopey was about. You know, then the fact that people liked it was like, holy shit, this is so cool. People like it. But it was always just about that. You know what I mean? Like then now, I mean, it's like if Chris could see this, I just think he would he wouldn't believe it. You know, I just it's like it's so powerful. And it's there's so much love. You know, there's so much love beaming through facebook and instagram and twitter at us and at chris and at me they're saying such nice things like it's like weird you know it makes me a little uncomfortable and and the price that the price that we had to pay is chris being dead you know and Mm. what a fucking terrible terrible price to pay to hear get all this love you know that's a sad a sad 
well, because piece, you know, because well, it, it's a cause, terrible piece. Yeah, because because I mean, like we were talking about, it's situations like this are just so there are so many different angles and layers, and it's like, oh, holy crap people care and then like guilt for like being happy that people care because someone's dead and this is you know and it's just every it's just like it is uncharted territory i guess is the best way to put it and it's even that's what i'm saying like even even doing this it's like you know my uh my first thought was like yeah i need to we need to do an episode about this and then it's like well why jet are you trying to like capitalize on someone's death here you know what i'm saying and it's like no, the fact of the matter is that we we and when i say we you guys us whoever dictionary podcast uh released into captivity share i mean that sober guy like i loved bashing that sober guy on dope like <laughs> yeah, it was like had that great uh uh fake, feud. fake feud that i helped stoke yeah, but I was like, Chris didn't even want to do it. Like, I was like, I was all about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so annoyed that Chris died that I don't get to re- return to my fake feud with that sober guy. That sober guy just released an episode devoted yeah. to Chris. And it's like. Did you what see a- what? Did, did you? Oh, wait, wait. Well, I'm sorry. Yes, I finished that. Finish that thought. I just, wait, wait, what Scott said to Omar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Omar handled it like a champ. And I, I guess he knew he was kidding. That shit was so funny, though. No, Omar got really pissed at Scott. He got really about that. No, about oh. the old Twitter thing. He blocked even, him on Twitter. It was refresh like refresh my memory on. I don't even remember what the and that's great. It's sobriety podcast beefs with David Jed. Uh, <laughs> well, everybody, yeah, go ahead. Fucking, fucking Omar. Uh, you know he had a business model. Omar and Chris wanted to copy Omar's business model. Chris wanted us to do what Omar did. And what Omar did is he, he built up this fan base. And Omar also like was 10 billion times more professional than me and Chris were ever going to be. Oh, for sure. And, and uh, so he built up this fan base. And then he got these sponsors. But his, his game, his plan, his business model was to be a sober coach, which yeah. is what Chris wanted to be through Dopey. And I was like, I don't see it. I was like, I don't really see it through Dopey. Like, what people are gonna we're gonna charge people to talk to us? I was like, that that's your plan? And he was like, he was like, well, they really it could really work. And I was like, and then Omar did that, and Scott Countryman was so disgusted that <laughs> Omar did it that he like went on this bashing Omar thing, which you know I love wrestling i love howard stern i love all that bullshit the pageantry yeah i love the pageantry i love scott you know scott thank god scott picked team dave you know two years ago (laughs) if he had picked team chris i would have been fucking i I might be the you know i it could have devastated me yeah you know what i'm saying and like so like scott would even beef with chris you know scott is a rabble rouser yeah he, uh, he he picked he he fucks with john all the time it's, yeah. you know and it's like that's what he does and like chris like maybe i think the reason scott picked team dave is because he knew that i that chris could handle it and that maybe i couldn't handle it you know chris, you know chris thought it was funny you know and, and like omar like didn't know scott and he's like what are you fucking with my shit for and like and scott tweeted bad things about omar and omar's like 
Omar's team shut it down. And then I guess, you know, Omar jumped in on this and Scott bashed him on Facebook because Scott, you know, he's an original. Scott He's an yeah. original. I, and I love that about Scott. And I have to yeah. say, though, that Omar uh, cares about helping people. And Omar yeah, puts does. out... His when, head's in the right place. And whenever he came on Dopey, he was like like himself. There was no fucking pretense. He was yeah. super original and super authentic and super cool. Well, and that... And- and that's the thing too is like that's another thing that this has done it's like we it's made this weird little family like you know you know i i've um scott's taken john out to dinner like hadn't he met y'all too i think he met up with you no no okay yeah well he's over in charleston like our my old neck of the woods and john's current neck of the woods but you know we i call him we talk um sharing his successes i mean daniel and just like the people it's just it's just interesting how much the world opened up, and then I hooked up um, Chris with with Debesh because they're both in a um, master's program for psychology or whatever, and um, yeah, it's just fucking. It's um, it's just uh, the thing is about it. Like the biggest thing is that you had like. You never met Chris and you never met me in person. Mm-hmm. But I'll just I'll say this. Chris was we're both, you know, big, but I, I'm like six foot one and kind of like skinny fat. Like I got a big belly and I'm skinny and stuff. Chris was like broad and like thick and incredibly good looking and like like a football player. Like you hear him on the podcast and he like doesn't sound like that. But he's like big and he's handsome as anybody and like and he speaks with this amazing knowledge and life and warmth and and to think of this man as being dead it's like just such a a fucking shame it's i mean i don't know that's what annie said on the show and i don't think it's a waste because i do i know i do think that people like the fact purpose in this you understand that better than I do. I don't know about purpose. I do know there has to be. I feel like there's going to be five people that listened that were planning on doing X and will do Y now. I mean, even if there was, I mean, even if there was one, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have to be five. It's right? Well, because yeah. that one, yeah. No, I know. Now we're splitting hairs, but because. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, yeah. it could be. It could be two. <laughs> it could be half a one. Yeah, it could be I, a little person. Yeah, seems, exactly. Because no, me, me and um, that's what uh Daniel was talking about. Was he? And I don't even know where. I, for I had a moment of like hope and clarity or whatever. But he he was just he was shook up over um thinking about you know it's like fuck why not me why am I still here and that's the old you know that's the survivor's guilt I think a lot I mean especially I mean. I I am extraordinarily similar to Chris in my rehab history and overdose history and so many times I, I sh- you know I, I you know so many times I should be dead and so many other people um die and I I mean I just have to I don't have to I guess I choose to take um you know the 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 macro view the higher view that they're they're i i don't i'm not i'm not saying that this was like god's plan but 
um, it has to be used. I mean, it has to be. You mean you? You're, what are you saying? Like we need to get something good out of this? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. I think that there's a lot of good that can come out of this, and I think that um, I I don't necessarily believe in God's plan or even understand. I, I can't. I don't understand God's plan. So but what me, I me neither. What what I understand is that you know the idea that everything happens for a reason is a great idea for me. Everything happens because it happened, you know, and that's the way it was meant to happen because that's the way it happened. You know what I mean? Like this is what happened. So this is what was supposed to happen. And the good things that can come from it are infinite. The things that we lost, I I loved, you know what I mean? Like, like if if I could trade, you know, like (sighs) random guy, number one, two and three for Chris, I probably would. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's great like that like somebody else is getting better, but Chris was my one of my best friends. I loved him. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. sick. You know, like I'm just sick, like and I'm sad, like, because we're doing this show about honesty and about recovery and about what one needs to do to be sober. And our show you know, was really supposed, I kept saying to Chris, and it's funny because I think he's been using for a little bit. And I think for the little bit he's been using, I've been saying to him, we need to boil down our essence. We need a message and we need to find out what that message is. And I said to Chris, I think our message is, and this is the fucking sick irony, that you can have fun in recovery, that you can be yourself in recovery and have fun. And that was the message I wanted to do. And I think, meanwhile, Chris wasn't having fun in recovery. You for, know. Well, for a very, I don't know. I mean, do you, though? I mean, I, I think if, if, if we're taking like a, a, a small period of time versus, versus the majority, it may be, I don't know. I mean, do you think it was like, do you think he was just really good at, um, Lying, smiling through the tears, sort of thing. Like no, everything's I great. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it sounded to me like he, you know, no, he was. I <sighs> that like for Chris, like it was the perfect storm. Like I think yeah, he went on vacation to Anguilla with his girlfriend. He was trying to impress his girlfriend. When he told that story, I thought it was so funny. He was like, for some reason, I decided to try to impress my girlfriend, who I live with, by doing, <laughs> kick, you know, and um, and he. He snapped his ligament in his uh, in the back of his leg, and he was in a lot of pain. Meanwhile, the backstory is he's killing himself in this uh, doctorate uh, program, and he's driving to Great Barrington to manage a sober house uh, twice a month. He's driving to Manhattan to record Dopey once a month. He's got his girlfriend, he's got papers, he's got exams, he's got his parents, he's got his internship. And and then all of a sudden, and all of it, like a bunch of things had taken the spot of uh, where meetings were, you know, mm. because he had all these things happening. He wasn't going to meetings. He wasn't going to AA. He wasn't going to NA. He wasn't going to any meetings. Uh, you know, in his head, Dopey was some recovery work, but I always said that... <clears throat> 
dopey cannot take the place of meetings. I said that all the time because people would be like, oh, I don't go to meetings, but I listen to dopey. And I'd be like, yeah, that's like, no, like, no, all right to me. I'm not rubber stamping that shit. No, exactly. And, and, and Chris, like the thing about Chris though, he was so smart. You know, well, he, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 please. No, that's, and that's, that was the other, once again, let me just make it about me, but, um, the, that was the other frightening thing too. And also to, to Besh, um, uh, I, I, I fight that tendency all the time. And I think it's easy, um, when you, if you like happen to work in a recovery field or you be know, about I, it. I, I've dude, I've fucking made the joke before and like I was joking, but like, was I joking? It was like, I started skipping book studies sometimes to do interviews or whatever. And they'd be like, Oh they you know text me give me a hard time not going to book study and be like uh i got a recovery podcast i'm good you know what right. i'm saying as, right. as a joke but it's kind of like in my head like oh you know i you know it's just i guess it's kind of natural i go through the ebb and flow where i'm fucking tired of aa i'm fucking tired of meetings been doing it forever uh let me try these different ideas and let me listen to these different people and um but i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i and i don't think that even that it's it's forget like i mean first of all like listening to dopey versus going to a meeting is is you know come on it's not it's not a, it's not a fair trade setting up a recovery podcast and and being about it is recovery work you know and i'm i'm not i'm not saying me i'm i'm talking about you you know yeah. it it can be a moment of recovery work and i think like you know i think that was also like in in, in hindsight that was a mistake that chris always always talked about cuz i would i would always say say on dopey you know just go to a meeting because it works if you do that you know this this thing saved my life i was on heroin for uh, you know a hand you know you know a dozen years i was on drugs for 20 years i was you know i was on methadone for six years i i was i you know i was in big trouble for for the majority of my adult life and aa saved my life and i shouldn't even supposed to say that. a 12-step fellowship saved my life and um and when I would talk about it on Dopey, uh, Chris would be like, he would always say, he'd always backpedal, and he would always say, but it doesn't have to be a 12-step program. Just be involved in anything, you know? And it's like, but I looked at Chris, and Chris knew everything inside and out about recovery, and I just said, all right, you know, go yeah. for it. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like I'll, I'll take your word for it. You know, cause Chris got me sober. Chris was a big piece of, of me getting sober. He like gave me incredible tools. He gave me incredible knowledge on how it worked. And I believed a lot of what he said. And I also, I do not believe that the only way to get sober is through AA. Sure. I just do believe that it got me sober. So I'm down. Do you sure. know what I mean? Like, well, it and and I think one thing I picked up along the way is the ability, and I, I have a handful. Um, I I keep a handful of people that I can be like, yo, feeling about feeling like using lately, feeling like killing myself lately. Like I, I've learned to tell on myself um, as much as possible, and even like even saying it is usually enough to be like, but. No, I mean I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking. No, about. I think that, I think you're making a huge point. And yeah. I've said it. I mean, I, I've processed my depression a ton on on the podcast because it, it's just another. And well, that and that that was kind of one of the cool things is I I, I had 
there's you know once again my poor mother the best fan but i'm always like you know i had like a whole episode of just like you know talking about suicide and feeling depressed and all this shit and i had you know strangers emailing me and be like yo are you okay and i was like oh okay but that's That's like but that's like uh that's a way of using honesty and open-mindedness and willingness to put your shit out there in order to keep yourself safe that's self-care you know i don't i don't know i don't know how much of that chris did on dopey you know like Sometimes he did, and I think that he was great at spouting recovery stuff. He was even better at telling his stories, you know, and yeah. uh, and he was great at um at being um a part of the show, you know. But what he wasn't great at was talking about how he felt. Do you think that was like like pride? You think or? I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't know if it was pride. I think it was I think it was uncomfortable for him to talk about how he felt. I, you know what? I what I really think is that I think that he was very disconnected from his feelings. And I think that he mm. didn't he never really he wasn't connected. It, it, that was just the way his brain worked that he wasn't very connected to his feelings. He was incredibly sensitive though, but just not he didn't really know that it just yeah. wasn't near the surface of his brain, I think, was so intense and the cognitive his cognitive ability to understand and analyze and analytics and and make sense of of information was so intense that I feel like it didn't interface with his feelings as easily. You right. know, and I think that that was a, a disconnect for him. And I also don't want to disrespect him, you know, at all. I'm just saying what I thought and um, of him. You know, and I know that he cared, like he didn't have a bad word to say about anybody, you know, yeah. and he would do, he would go out of his way to, to do anything for anybody. Well, and he's got that, he's got that personality that you just, you want him to call you a friend. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, I want that guy to like me. I was so lucky that um, I got into his circuit as as intensely as I did. Like it was it was such a you know I'm 44 years old. He's 33 years old. He was like my he was very much like my little brother, but at the same time he was like way smarter than me about a million things. You know what I mean? And uh, and like we loved each other and like he. I was very honored that like it was reciprocal, like that we both were like in this thing. And it was like, he wanted to know what I thought of something. Like when things hit the fan, he did come to me for advice or just to process stuff, but it took shit really dropping to the bottom in order for him to do that. And he didn't do it around his relapse. He would do it around his relationship. He would do it around school. He would do it around an obsession. He would do it around a problem. But like he protected that fucking relapse like it was the lost miner's gold, you know? He yeah. he fucking didn't what, touch <clears throat> Did you like what what do you know exactly what it was? What like what What killed him? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was he overdosed on heroin. It was probably fentanyl. Yeah. You know, I think Annie talked. Did you listen to our episode? Yeah, I didn't. I missed. Yeah, no, I did. did. You hear that I got, part? I did. I, I I got to the um. I got twenty minutes to go. I got and I'm driving to Baton Rouge tomorrow, so I was gonna finish. Uh, I so, got to the part of of uh he he called you that night. Call me at one. That's the part I'm at. Yeah, um, he overdosed on heroin. You know, he he had been using. We don't know how long he had been using. But uh, in my opinion, it seemed like about a month or a little, maybe a month and a half, uh, he was changing, and it was because of drugs. Uh, but we don't, I don't know for sure. You know what I mean? I do know that he overdosed, and I know that um, he wasn't himself for a long time. And, um, you know, I think it must have been very hard for him to, to – I. Th- you know, again, I, I'm not sure if I said it correctly on the show just now, but I know I said it on Dopey, but I want to say it now because it's the most important piece of this whole thing. You know, you have a person who was all about his recovery and all sorts of his life, his life was small, you know, but his life was pure and his life was good. And, uh, and he had time for everything he needed. And then his life grew and he didn't put his it's a, the old story he didn't put his recovery first but he also didn't put his recovery second third or fourth his recovery slid to the back of the bus and maybe was like water skiing off the bus and and his the bus was full of all sorts of other things and his life was big and he hid in the life then he got hurt and the one thing that kept him okay was exercise every day he would exercise for 30 minutes or an hour and it would clear his head. After he got hurt, he couldn't exercise. He didn't have his spiritual well to to dip into to protect himself from this pain. And the pain overcame him. So people who are listening, who are in recovery, who are near recovery, you need to keep a practice or else the boogeyman is going to come and kill you. And it killed yeah. Chris. It fucking yeah. killed Chris. You know, like, and and it's like, and it's literally like a monster. I see. It literally I, is. It's that's it's 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 yeah. It's he. It's literally like he got attacked, taken, taken out. Like it, I, it, I see us all. Like I see it in this weird science fiction thing where all of us we were in some town and there was some monster that had us all under its control and it was sucking our fucking life out of us and stealing our everything good and and somehow you know a bunch of us got free and then we were trying to free everybody else from this monster and and the monster's trying to get us and we have techniques to stay free and chris fell down and we're running away and the monster grabbed him and he was back and he was like acting as though he was okay, but he was back in the monster's clutches. And that's a very because, simple sci-fi way to describe what but happened. But it's but it's 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 an accurate parallel, and it's more like and it's. I mean, you really get, you know, it's. I don't even know if he was able to, you know, once once. That's what scares me. Is like, and, and I remember. My last relapse, and I remember it clearly and that's when i knew that i was fucked um what was it well i was 
um, it was rehab number 17 and I, I had gotten out um, and I was like, good. I was like, I'm not using drugs anymore. I had a specific mindset. And then I remember as soon as I shot dope, it was, it was just literally, God, how can I, it was literally a switch and it was just like, oh, fuck all that. Like, no, this, oh yes. Like it was like, oh, you're home. Like you're back now. Like who was that guy? Like we're, let's, you know, that feeling. Oh, that feeling. And it's so pervasive and so controlling. And there was just, I knew it that it like, this was it. Like, and every, every, every inclination of sobriety and life and my parents and love and my girlfriend and all that was just immediately like it never happened. And like I was watching a movie and it was like I was repossessed and back. And it was like this. It's just it's amazing. It's amazing because like, you know, I would it's just the amount of, of work we do to not be in its clutches. And then, like, I have to say. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm the freest I've ever been. I have the most responsibilities on me, but I feel like my life can go anywhere. Like, and I feel like, I feel like my life can be, I feel there's infinite possibilities. And like, I know that like my friend Todd, you know, like my friend Todd died six weeks ago. Uh, and he was one of my just, best friends and I knew that he had no possibilities because he could not stop using and and I just would kept saying to him like dude don't you want to have some possibilities like you got nothing going I don't know how you think this is going to go someplace good you know and Chris on the other hand had more possibilities than I had you know he was 10 years younger better looking smarter all of these things, you know, like just every, he had everything going for him. And, but if you don't have it, I, I just think that he, I think that it was a perfect storm that fucking grabbed him. But I also think that his youth worked against him. I think the fact that he didn't have, like, my children make it so yeah. that I cannot pretend like I can dip my toe and be like, oh, that would feel good because I'll die and they'll die and they won't have a father and then I'll be this schmuck who fucked everything up. You know what I mean? And like, I can't live with that. Chris didn't have that consequence. Chris had other consequences, but like he thought he could dip it in and just like you described so perfectly, you know, like that when it's, I see it like another science fiction kind of thing. Like you're in your space with your family and you're in and all the good stuff and you, you, you take a drug and it's like light speed. You're so far away yeah. from that place and that place is so far away from you. And it was like an instantaneous, you know, and I don't know why Chris didn't, uh, he knew it. I don't know what the fuck he knew everything about this. You heard him on the show. Did he sound, well, I mean, you know, did he well, sound near it? No, I, well, I mean, I mean, he sounded high. No, yeah, no, no nearer high. than, yeah, no nearer than I. You know what I'm saying? Than I have been, and I will say, and I, you know, um, injury and sickness uh, is probably my biggest fear. Um, I mean, that's 
Yeah, I mean that's that's literally the the if if addiction was a military force, like that would be the strategy. Um, right. To try to to try to give me some sort of illness and just all just to get, um, like I had the flu, uh, and they prescribed me like Cheritussin. Um, and dude, I felt, you know, I had a fucking fever. I was not thinking correctly. And I, uh, had this bottle of Tussin and I was like, but I have the fucking flu. Like, this is like legit. And I called my sponsor and I was like, can I, can I take this? And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I threw it away and it was like, but it was like, if, if I had, you know, in my impaired thinking at the time, probably would have taken it. Who knows what would have happened once right. it was in there? You right. know what I mean? And it's, right. it was, it would have been that easy. Well, but, I mean, yeah. that you're, you're like working a real program. You know what I mean? Like I, oh, I like, well, I, I like, uh, like, like, you know, everybody made fun of me and it's true. Like when I get sick, like my, my wife is like, you're, you're in the car going to get NyQuil the second you're sick. And it's true. You know, I, it's like I'm looking forward to being sick because I'll take NyQuil, yeah. you know, and like I, I it's like I my program is strong and I don't want to ever fucking do drugs. But if I get really sick, I like to take NyQuil. It's, it's like, well, I mean, I'm talking about the codeine syrup. Right. No, I'm, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I get I get you because like I would. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go for that stuff because like that shit scares the shit out of me. Like, yeah. I, I just know me like I put NyQuil I can handle. Cause I wasn't, yeah, even though I'm, sure. even though like I wasn't really an alcoholic. Chris used to always make fun of me when I would say that. But like I, I didn't like to drink. That's kind of my deal too. Yeah, alcohol just wasn't my bag. No, I didn't like to drink. But like if you fucking, like if you gave me like a clonopin, or like I remember the last my last uh, using, it was like I was smoking weed every day. You know, and this is this is. Three, this three years ago right now is when I got clean. You know, three years ago right now. I was smoking weed every day. I had jars and jars of bud. And like, and like every month I would see this girl. Like I was like romantically involved with this woman. And she would bring pills to my house. No joke. She would bring pills to my house and cookies to my house. And she would have sex with me and give me pills and cookies. And I would see I mean, her like. Yahtzee, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was just like whatever, yeah, man. It was like. And, but but I remember like the the I would start I would do like I would get like five clonopins and five Percocet and five Vicodin and I would put them on top of the bookshelf and for like a week I would take one of each every night and I'd be like oh yeah it would be like rather than traveling light speed it would be like this little hole is growing. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love I love this hole. Yeah. You know, this is my favorite yeah, it becomes hole. more and more attractive. And, and, but it's, it's like going into a tar pit, toe first. It's like, oh, it's kind of warm. This isn't so bad. And then by the time it's up to your neck and you want out, it's too fucking late. Well, with that was like, I, I just, I was like, wait a sec. I, I did four pills this week and I have one left, but I, I kind of want to have more left. You know, how do I how do I get her to come back now? And I don't want her to think I'm developing a problem. And like, it was like, and, and I, I, I had been a, a terrible heroin addict, you know, like, and, and this was me like trying to keep it together, like where yeah. I would do like a little bit here, a little bit there. And like, and I fucked my whole life up, you know, like I fucked up the custody of my kid and I fucked up my relationship and I fucked up everything. Like I wasn't in a relationship with my daughter's mother then. It was just like I was trying to get it back, and then all of a sudden I had a window to get it back, and I had fucked it up. 
Um, but then I stopped doing everything and like, I don't know. Like, I just know that when I do those drugs, I like those drugs. But if I did those drugs, I would, I love my freedom so much more. Like I, I just, yeah, I that's... my freedom. Like I love my freedom, you know, like, well, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it while what happened to him scares me, it's like I can't. I've tried to imagine a, a scenario in which I would be willing to like recommit to being a junkie, and it's just like I just don't know. I don't have. I you don't know? have a scenario like that. The only I scenario don't. that I have, you know, is like fucking stage four cancer. Like yeah. you're gonna My, die. Like yeah, well, like sure. like I'm in bed. Like I, 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 like, I think I just got my, I think right now I hit my, my, you know, my year and, and a half or my year and a week of not smoking cigarettes. So in my scenario where I can do drugs again, I'm like fucking cancer ridden in the bed, chain smoking cigarettes, IV drip, fucking bong at the, at the floor. And it's like, what do you want? I'm going to die. That's the only scenario I- of, of addiction I can imagine. I used to pray for a terminal illness. That's how sick I was. I was like, God, it'd be nice to just get some kind of something where they just give me like hospice care and I just ride that out. It was a joke that me and Chris always made. The joke was, you know, to be sober, you know, 30 years, 40 years, and then you're about to die and they, they give you the morphine or they give you the Dilaudid and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, you know, and you're an old man and it's like the, the story of Proust and the cookie and you remember everything that happened. But 40 years later, it's like you're not going to remember. I mean, like, it's just crazy. I can't believe I'm just so sad that he he did it. Oh, he did it now. You know, like yeah. it's like he had uh, he had infinite possibilities. And I think that he thought he did. I thought he could tiptoe. I think he thought he could have tiptoed out of this thing without burning it down. But deep well, he, down, he that knew. had to be. Yeah, that had to be the thought. But, that's that's. I mean, I would imagine that it would be. Yeah, that you're trying to escape. You know, that I can get out of this without consequence if I'm able to just like make myself stop and and then none, none the wiser and I won't have to deal with. But I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. So. What's I mean? What's your so what? Where do you go from here? We we can kind of uh, with what with, with my life, you know? Like I'm just gonna. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Like uh, I'm gonna stay sober, and I'm gonna keep working, and I'm gonna keep raising my family, and I'm gonna, you know, try to lose some weight, and try to get in better shape and stuff, and fucking <laughs> try to play guitar more and. and you know, and, and I mean, like with Dopey, I'm going to try to like keep it going. You know, like uh, I love Dopey. I love the show. You know, I love that we, uh, that people love the show. I love that people look to it for uh, fun and love and humor and, and sobriety. And like that, you know, we're, uh, we're a, a piece of, uh, you know, I always thought of it as like a secret society, you know, that yeah. once you get out of, uh, drugs and you're sober, nobody knows that you were this guy. It's like a VA almost like where you can, you can, you know, we're back from the war and come around. 
I see it more as like we're wi- wizards in Harry Potter, and, <laughs> and, and nobody knows. That's I mean that's how stupid I am. Like and, and like Did- and I feel like the Dopey Nation, which was like a joke, and that's the other thing. Like everything in Dopey was a joke. Stay strong, Dopey Nation was a joke. It was me making fun of a recovery idea, like a preacher. It was like it was yeah. a joke, you know. It was a total joke, and I was, just, and then it became, and then Chris saying "toodles" was like making fun of the fact that I said "stay strong, dopey nation," you know, and like, but then it became real, you know, and it's like it became real, and and like I want everybody who listens. I called it the dopey nation, like I was a wrestler, like Hulkamaniacs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'll I, see you at Bash at the Beach, brother. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. I, I just love the idea, and um. And now people like take it to heart and it means yeah. something to them and it me- it makes it mean something to me and it meant something to Chris, even though he fucked it up, it meant something to him and I'm going to do the show because I'm obsessive compulsive and I, I do it. I like it. I don't want to stop doing it. What am I going to stop doing it? And then people are going to be like, why do we need you to do it? And it's like, I like doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why would I stop doing it? I mean, the only reason that I would stop doing it is like if people stopped listening to it and like if people stopped listening to it, I wouldn't need to keep doing it. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to keep doing it if it sucked, you know, if it wasn't fun, if it wasn't good and if people stopped listening to it, otherwise I'm going to keep doing it, you know? Yeah, totally. And I don't, and I also really, 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 really don't want to ever disrespect anything about Chris, you know, except when I disrespected him in person on the show, you know, like, like <laughs> I don't want to disrespect Chris. His memory is everything. He did this. The show is him. The show is us. Like, even if he's not alive, the show is him. Um, uh, he, he put himself into it and he made it magical. I mean, I'll say this and I didn't say this on dopey, uh, the last episode, you know, we had this conversation uh, before he died, you know, the night before he died, late at night, and we were in this fight about when he was going to come back to do the show. And I said, man, I said, don't worry about it. I said, Dopey will suck if you're not happy. So let's just Skype another one. We'll just do it during the day so you're not so tired because I didn't know he was high. And, and it'll be fine. And I, and, I, and I was like, I love you. What we made was is super special and people care about it, you know? And like, and that's everything. And like, it'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like it was like a very like, and he was like, he was fighting with his girlfriend because he was so high, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he just was like, it was a very magical moment. And I'm very grateful that I, because we were fighting that whole day and I was so happy that I could tell him that I loved him before the day was over. And then the the next day I heard from him right before he died. You know, he texted me, you know, I think he fucking texted me within the hour of him overdosing. You know? God. And um and I'm grateful for that. You know, and I'm grateful for everything that we did. I'm grateful for his friendship. I'm grateful for our show. I'm grateful that you cared enough to do this because Chris was a, a very amazing character and he was a heroic motherfucker and he was super yeah. cool that's the other thing that i just yeah. want to say like 
like I, I think I'm cool or whatever. Like, and I try to like, like, I think I'm cool, whatever. I don't care. Like, I think, I, I think I'm cool because I don't give a shit. Like, and I like, I like can be, I, I'm, I'm happy who I am. Like, that's why I think I'm cool. I'm happy who I am. And Chris was the same way. And Chris was like fucking so cool. Like on the show, he like, even the stupid things he said were just like, they were so funny and perfect. And like, and he was just so perfect on the show. He was so cool. Like, I know that I'm really a dork, you know, and I know that he was even more of a dork, but I feel like our dorkiness was, was just perfect for our show. It was, you know, and, and like, it was, and, and I'm just so grateful that we got to do it and that it it helped anybody and that we got to be friends because of it. Like, what a great thing. And I'll miss him forever. You know what I mean? Like, that's for for fucking, I will miss him forever. it's yeah it's it's yeah it still feels like uh like he's just on vacation somewhere or something i just wonder like he believed in heaven like i, I like is he there and what is it like if i had i i i yeah i i think i said that out loud i was just like where is he i think so it's my personal opinion but if he's in heaven is he is he listening well, is he watching no is he like is he angry that he fucked everything up not if he's in heaven exactly but how could he feel good about what happened cuz everything's so good up there yeah or it's your i mean it's like if you can see past present future everything outside of time i mean it's like a i don't know i don't i i if he's in heaven no he's not unhappy and he's not shooting coke in heaven right that's not a possibility no. I, don't, I used to think that, that I'd get up there and Jesus would be like, here you go, bud. Right. Infinite supply. I don't know. <laughs> I can see Chris like shooting clouds, you know, like <laughs> drawing up clouds and be like, hey, no, forget it. Co- cosmic joke. cocaine. It's a yeah, stupid joke. I'm just trying, trying know, to, to like, you know, I'm trying to move on from this thing and it's not easy. You know, like I'm, no. I'm dominated by the loss of my friend, and uh, I feel for his family, and I feel for Annie. You know, like I really do, and I forget about them because I feel for myself. But the truth is, they must have it so bad. Yeah. You know. Is she okay? I don't know. Comes and goes. As okay as anyone. It's kind of a silly question. I'd say it comes and it goes, and I think that. Uh, you know, she loved him as much as anybody could love anybody, and uh, and she's broken over this. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and I don't know, you know, like what good this does. Like, I just want to like put it out there, like what he meant to me, what the show means to me, what our friendship means to me, and who he was. You know, I just. I think it's better than worse to put it out there. I think. No, I, that's basically my thing too. Is you know, you and and yeah, it's <laughs> the irony of uh, not being able to put into words what I mean on a audio program. But yeah, man, y'all, uh, Chris was an integral 
part of my sobriety this time around. Um, he was my daily companion while I was at work. Um, you too. I mean, it was just, you know, like I said, it was just, uh, a, um, I don't know. I didn't have to worry. You guys were given. What did um, you like about the show? Because he, I mean, my God, he, he, he was me. Um, just with the, uh, obsession with chemicals, um, the, the drugs as a hobby, just interested in ridiculous research chemicals. Um, the stories, uh, you remind me of my friend Brad. Um, it was, I mean, it was, it was just so easy to put myself in the room and, uh, you know, y'all would tell the stories that I would bust out in parties and get fucking the most awkward looks from people. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, and here y'all are like, you know, you're, you were my people. You were my, right. my family helped me feel not, Alone. Because even in even among addicts and alcoholics, there's still a fucking there's a a lesser percentage of just insane people, and like y'all were that, you know, you you used and you recovered like I did, right? Um, right. It was just comforting. It, it it was it was it was just so relatable. Um, and it, it was just cool. It, it was like things came into my life when I got sober that I needed at the time to keep going. It was like, oh, I, I'm part of this. Uh, I'm part of the same thing that they are, you know, and, and vice versa. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it was just. Yeah. You know, um, I appreciate, you know, talking about it. I feel a little weird though. Like I feel like I don't want to like, you know, I, I just don't want to like disrespect at all. You know, I just want it to be useful. I don't want it to be like self-serving. Yeah. And I worry about that. Yeah. You know, but I, I, who knows what's useful and what's self-serving and how those balance out. Well, and and that's why, I mean, that's why at at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's just two dudes talking about, I mean, this is just what I'm feeling. This is just what you're feeling. This is just what y'all were feeling. I mean, what else, what else is there? You know, there's no fucking script we're reading from. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's just, I don't know, you know what, tell me what the correct thing to do is and I'll do it. I don't think anybody knows. Um, I'm grateful though that you, you, you liked our show enough. I loved your show to do that. I love you and I love Chris. I mean, um, I pray for y'all, you know, I mean, I just, you know, y'all are, um, I don't know. Love you, man. For real. Love you too, man. Fucking A, man. Fucking Chris. <sighs> it's just fucking mind boggling. Yeah. But, uh, did you get any voicemails from people? Uh, I've gotten two so far. I got an email. I'll just go ahead and read it. He didn't send it. Um, or he couldn't send audio. But, um, no, they've been pretty slack on that. Yeah. But so. They're not called the um, Dopey Nation because they're up on their shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can actually just play it. Yeah, that'll work. But I'll read this first. So this is from Ben Crawford. Um, 
Hey, I'm Ben and I'm an addict. I found the Dopey Podcast a little over a year ago. I was fresh out of rehab and working on telephone lines by myself every day and was searching for good recovery podcasts. What I found was a bunch of mediocre recovery podcasts and Dopey, which was decidedly not about recovery, at first anyway. Hearing Chris discuss his absolute insanity from a sober perspective gave me hope, something that was in short supply in early recovery. I feel like Chris and Dave were right there with me. It was a lot like the connection I had felt for the first time with other addicts during my stay in rehab. When I first read the post about Chris's passing, I wasn't sure it was for real. I don't have a lot of experience with death, and I was surprised to find myself in tears a few days later. It wasn't like some celebrity death. This was a regular guy who had shared his experience with me and the rest of the Dopey Nation. I'll always be grateful for the part he played in my recovery. His death has reminded me to keep my recovery first, even when everything is going my way. They say the disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful, and I can't argue with that. I wish I had more words, but apparently I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. I'm glad to see that Dave is still engaged on the Dopey Facebook group. This gives me hope. Stay, con- stay strong, congregation, and of course, toodles. It's beautiful. I know. Do you want to hear the voicemail? Yeah, sure. I, I haven't even heard it yet. So. How long is it? I don't know. Let's see. Me and Chris like would make fun of long voicemails so much. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, perfect. Three minutes. I'd love it. I've been meaning to do a voice memo for a long time. Um, I've been listening to Dopey for probably a year and a half. I found them through Instagram. Who is um, that? And I, I could not. This is Steph Zaragoida. Go- I think she's a Twitter, Twitter Steph. Maybe. Yeah. Steph Zaragoida. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Steph. I'm probably butchering that, but understand what the connection was with the dopey podcast because i'm not afflicted um i I don't i don't have the addictions (laughs) that a lot of the listeners do and certainly not uh, the variety that chris and and dave have um i um I, i guess i i came for the stories i i just connected with the instagram first and started listening to the podcast and uh, really connected with the stories. They're hysterical. Um, they're um, some of them are heartbreaking, um, but I just connected with them somehow. And um, it, it took about six months of me listening to episodes before uh, I realized that um, the connection was with the recovery. And um, even though I don't have an addiction to substances, um, I am recovering, uh, so to speak, from an eating disorder. Um, I've only ever told one person about that my whole life. So um, it's kind of hard for me to say out loud, but um, it's funny that the the coping mechanisms for um people recovering from eating disorders can be so similar to those um, coping mechanisms for um, folks um, that have addiction problems as well. So um, I guess um, I guess I, I came to Dopey for the debauchery and the great stories, and mm-hmm. I ended up staying for the recovery. And um, that's a good line. It's it's meant so much to me to be connected to all of you guys. 
um, to Dave. Um, I love your music, man. Uh, I love your taste in music, your interest, your knowledge of music. Um, Chris, I feel like I have have a little bit a connection to because I like the same kind of movies and TV shows that he does. He, I like some of his music too, but um, so brokenhearted. I could not believe when I saw the message on Twitter that Chris was gone. At first, like most people, I think we just thought it can't be Chris, Chris. Um, but I, it can happen to anybody, I guess. It just, especially, you know, with the fentanyl going around, it can happen to anybody. Um, just in a minute. So stay strong, guys. Really, it's so important. Um, we're all here for each other. Thanks to Linda for joining that Facebook page. It means a lot to everybody. I know it means a lot to me. Um, it's nice to connect to everybody. Um, anyway. Again, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodles. <sighs> very, very, very emotional. Very beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's fucking weird. It's fucking weird and beautiful. And I appreciate uh, both of those messages. You know, I appreciate all yeah. the messages. I get a chill and I like I, I get near crying when uh, I yeah. hear that we made a difference to anybody. You know, it's uh, it's incredibly uh, powerful. Like, it's just, it's like, because we didn't know. You know, I have to just reiterate that. No matter how much we heard from people, we didn't know what it really meant. Do you know what I mean? We just didn't know. Yeah. It's, you know, I think, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a weird thing to internalize. Like, it's... It's, it's weird. It is. But it's also, like, I just want to, like, you know, I'm so, I'm so grateful and, and like, it means a lot to me. It just means everything to me that it meant so much to so many people. And I just, it's bittersweet because I love that it meant so much to so many people and it means so much to so many people. But I just wish that Chris could have felt that, you know, like we may, we'd make yeah. fun of it. We would make fun of it the whole way. You know, the whole way we would make fun of it, and it was like it was a theory that the debauch you come for the debauchery and you stay for the recovery and the rope a dope. We we talked about this all, all day long, and like and and of course the numbers were good, and of course we'd hear from people, but you know we I can't even I'm like obsessed with my death. Like I would say at work all the time to people, when I die, will you go to my funeral? I would say that like many times a day. I mean, mostly when I was using, I would say that. But we didn't talk about it on Dopey, you know, and I'm kind of surprised that we didn't talk about it on Dopey. Like, it surprises me now that that didn't get yeah. discussed, you know, because I have no idea what to do. You know, this is another fucked up thing that I ha I'll have to say it on the next Dopey, but I'll, I'll give you the sneak peek, which is that <laughs> fucking the most classic thing about all of this is that Chris said, if I relapse and die, the person that I want to take my place is Todd. He said that no. so often. And Todd died six weeks ago. And now Chris is dead. So it's like, dude, what's your plan? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know, like, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. It's sick. Like, yeah. it's a sick, sick thing. You know, like, yeah. uh, I wish we had talked about our own death more. Because I, maybe I would know more what to do now. You know, or I'd have a better idea yeah. about it. You know? But, well, here you go. 
Yeah.